Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Thursday, October 20th, and that could mean only one thing. Dalton Del Don is here for Statner Thursday, my favorite episode of the week. Dalton's also going to be here tomorrow to help me and Andy Barron's preview the weekend games. But uh, Dalton, that's a that's a lot of me. You're getting back to back, brother. How you doing, man? Doing well, uh, Harmon. Ninety four percent of my six million dollar survivor pool has been eliminated. I remain one of the one of the ones alive. Uh, so. Much of the chagrin of my last week. Much of the chagrin of my family, man. My my kids are like, "What is going on? These aren't the Niners. Why are you going freaking out so much?" Uh, but uh, I took the the Eagles on Sunday night, and it was it's going to come back to maybe bite me. I, I decided to fade the Rams, um, and I wish I'd use them because who would want to use them again moving forward? Right. But we're going to talk about them immediately here with some Carolina talk. But that was uh, that was ugly. But yeah, the Eagles uh, Sunday night, and uh, we remain alive for six million dollar prize. Oh, man, I can't wait to uh, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about this a lot tomorrow with Andy Barron's on the preview show. Um, Dalton, before we get into the news and, and our big stats of the week, I got a couple of stats here to throw your way right off the top. Update on um, on some Dalton Del Don flamethrower takes Saquon Barkley current currently second in the NFL in rushing yards. So that bet is looking good for you. He is basically the heart, soul liver, kidney, blood uh, of the Giants offense. So that's great to see. Uh, also update on our Gabe Davis, Mike Evans dinner bet, lunch bet looks promising uh, for you, depending on the format. I, I guess we got to go half PPR, right? Uh, because it's the, it's the Yahoo standard. We, we I don't know whether we ever discussed that. I mean, we could go PPR, which is obviously God's game and the only one that Evans is currently ahead of Gabe Davis in season long scoring. But yeah, in half PPR, Wide receiver 14 for Gabe Davis, wide receiver 19 for Mike Evans. Um, any of the like panicking we had about D Gabe Davis or you know any of the concerns that were out there during his ankle, ankle injury are officially over at this point. Yeah, I'm not going to litigate which one. If it's close at the end of the year, no worries. We'll just go to lunch and uh, split it. Um, but it's nice. It's fun that it's close bet. You know, look like I was in trouble after the, a couple weeks. But uh, a healthier Gabe Davis is a much more productive one. And man, Brady missing Saturday's walkthrough to attend, you know, Kraft's wedding and then chewing out his offensive line. I don't know, man. There's trouble in Tampa. You called it with the witchcraft early. You were early on this mess. 
So yeah, you love to see Gabe Davis and uh, doing work and, and Evans. Now, Evans will still be fine, but um, this should be a battle to the, to the end. Yeah, well, I'll, this will be the only time in human history I say this. I wish my wife had told me about what was going on on TikTok like earlier. Okay, I wish she would have told me about the the witchcraft stuff earlier. I wish she would have informed me about what was going on on TikTok. Um, that would have been nice. I would have been uh, even more ahead on this story and perhaps not have made the Mike Evans bet with you. Might have uh, avoided this entire situation because the witchcraft, uh, it's flowing, man. Things are things are going crazy there. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that'll be an interesting one to monitor the rest of the way. Let's get into some news here. You talked about it with the Carolina stuff. The prince that was promised, baby, Sam Darnold, designated to return from IR. I mean, I, I'm being a little facetious here, but, you know, he keeps saying, like, it can't get worse, it can't get worse, it can't get worse. I think P.J. Walker was kind of worse than than Baker Mayfield, you know, with like he had a negative air yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carolina week. had a pick six that game. They could have been as a live dog, but that offense was just prehistoric. I mean, it was the most conservative game plan you'll ever see. The the passing chart for for Walker is a joke. He didn't attempt a forward pass past the line of scrimmage. DJ Moore's oh. air yardage air yardage share uh, was hundred and eighty four percent. DJ, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. There was just no air yards in the game. Um, it was all behind the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, even there was a Jacob Eason sighting at one point. So that was just brutal. I mean, obviously Robbie Anderson was thrown out mid game. So it was like a battle of dysfunctional franchises and Carolina came out on top. But yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold, if he, if he's an improvement, uh, you've got issues. DJ Moore like kind of struggled to even remember Jacob Eason's name when you know, kind of rattling off the quarterbacks he's caught passes from this year. Cause he's like, he like just got there. DJ Moore actually quite was had pretty good production the previous two games with Walker and uh, he had scored twice as many touchdowns in his career in playing indoors in like 35 fewer games like he was like a sneaky DFS pick for me and to say he fell flat on his face again I'm I'm out of the DJ Moore business you yeah, know season no. long on and starting lineups DFS trying to talk yourself into it's it's ugly there in Carolina that offense is so so dysfunctional. And now Christian McCaffrey has to face the league's toughest run deep. They've allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs, the Bucks. So it's just a disaster all around in Carolina. You think he gets traded, uh, Christian McCaffrey? I, I tend to not think, I don't think, I think there's like a 0% chance DJ Moore gets traded, but I think there's maybe some percentage chance that if a team, I, like the, the report was, oh, we want multiple first round picks for Christian McCaffrey, which really means like we'll settle yeah. for one. Right. And then I think even if a team came and tried to give him a bunch of like day two picks, like a multiple seconds, a third, something like that. But even then, I, I don't I still tend to kind of doubt that the Panthers would take it. I doubt it, too. I'm very intently following this, though. The two teams that appear to be the favorites, maybe it's BS. But from what I've read, it appears it's the Rams and the 49ers. And I know I'm supposed to hate running backs and they don't matter. Obviously, it depends on the capital. But do the Niners even have any first rounders coming up? But, dude, (laughs) I mean, you see, I'm a Jeff Wilson apologist, but there would be a massive upgrade CMC out of that backfield with the rest of the Niners roster. I mean, that would be a difference in that division where he ended up. I know people are going to laugh because the running backs don't matter. But the the difference between Jeff Wilson and, uh, you know, who who are we going to talk about? Kyron Williams, you know, versus uh, healthy CMC is dramatic. We don't need any more like pass catching eligible guys in San Francisco. Okay, we're gonna talk about that <laughs> okay. offense later, but uh, well, but the Rams one is interesting. I, I come on, man, like th- that would be a bit jump in the shark for the LA Rams to like, oh, we're gonna trade for CMC. That'll really help us. But I mean, I guess do like, they have any capital either? I mean, they so have so no yeah. I mean, they mortgage the future too. So that'd be really interesting. You're you're probably right. It, it doesn't fit. It won't work. 
Yeah, I don't think it happens. Buffalo, obviously, one that's been mentioned and they've they called about it previously. Um, again, it's just I think his best. I actually think his best fantasy spot is to stay in Carolina and just rack up a bunch of like disgusting catches, basically, for Christian McCaffrey because I'm not sure. You know, dropping him into any of these other offenses midseason would be great, but we'll monitor that story. Like I said, I, I don't think much of it actually comes uh, for that whole trade, but and definitely not DJ Moore. Your best hope if you're a DJ Moore backer is just to like forget this year ever happened, and they take the they take a quarterback with the number one overall pick next year, and that's finally how DJ Moore gets paired with a good quarterback. Like he's he's not going to Kansas City in the middle of the year. You can clip this if it comes back, and uh, I'm I look like an idiot. I'm I'll be willing to admit that. Next thing up here. We got some like light news stuff that I just want to run through. Texans coach Lovey Smith said Damian Pierce, quote, needs to get at least 20 carries a game. Good news, Lovey. You should be able to um you should be able to make that happen, dude. Damian Pierce um looks awesome. Great receiving stats the last couple of weeks before his bye. I think this is just really encouraging that they're um some of their younger players in, in Houston are trending the right direction. Obviously, Damian Pierce for sure. You know, I don't think Davis Mills is it. I think Davis Mills left a lot of meat on the bone, but Nico Collins. I've been be- going back and you know, charting some Nico Collins, looking ne- looking at Nico Collins. The guy is, I, I think, playing well. Um, and if he's on waiver wires, I'm sure he's out there in a lot of leagues. I wouldn't mind sticking him on the end of my bench and, and kind of seeing what happens as this offense maybe coalesces around a Damian Pierce-centric identity. Yeah, my guy Davis Mills not getting it done. He's been especially brutal on the road throughout his career, so be wary of that this week. Damian Pierce, the last time we saw him, was the the most tackles ever recorded in a single game by PFF. 17 missed forced tackles is what they recorded him for against the Jaguars. And this week, uh, it could could be worth noting, uh, the Raiders have allowed the fewest EPA per rush. I don't know how real that is, but um, uh, yeah, that was... Curious to see how, how Houston comes out. Uh, but I, I, one thing I fully expect I, out of their buy, I should say, is Pierce is going to be the focal point of this offense moving forward. Yeah, we, we often talk about this. Uh, shout out to Hayden Winks, the post by rookie bump. Um, yeah. I think Pierce could obviously yeah. he's already yeah. looking awesome. And now he's coming out of his bye week. And, you know, I group a guy like Nico Collins into that Davis Mills. Like this is a really, really young team. And if they get a little bit better coming out of their bye week, I'm not sure they're about to like fire off and become a great team, anything like that. that that's probably not going to happen. But I do think this offense can take a little bit of a step forward. And, and I wouldn't be surprised just based on the way things have gone for Brandon Cooks if Nico Collins is like uh, like closes that gap a little bit. I think he's a really good player, man. And, and he's a guy in Dynasty I'd be trying to buy before the Texans hopefully get some sort of quarterback solution in-house next year. Uh, let's move on to the Lions, who are sort of kind of getting their guys back. DeAndre Swift going to practice here on Wednesdays. We're recording this according to Dan Campbell. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, should be fully ramped back up after he was basically a... Um, you know, partial snap player, like totally on a pitch count. The last time we saw the Lions when they scored zero points against the Patriots, these guys, Swift, St. Brown, are you sticking them right back? Like must start territory, set it and forget it at the top of your rankings for their positions. If they, if they come back this week. Yeah, the bye came at a great time for Detroit. Um, I'm a, I'd like to follow the practice reports, but assuming they're okay, yeah, I have Swift right there as my 15th or 16th back. Um, yeah, and, uh, and and St. Brown I have uh, ranked aggressively as well. Not a greatest matchup. Dallas defense is legit. They really get to the quarterback there, but at least Goff will be playing indoors, so that that helps. And coming off the bye, so yeah, I'm firing up Swift and ARSB uh, this week, even in a tougher matchup. Yeah, um, I think the matchup is definitely tough, but. This is a really good offensive line there in Detroit. That's that's something to note. Um, I, you know, again, Dallas's pass rush is going to probably get the better of Goff several times. I'm sure he'll throw a pick, but nevertheless, I think 
that he can get the ball out quick to these two guys. I think that's going to be yeah. the big thing. I, I don't well, know. They're not going to be able to run the, the ball. They're not going to be able to run no. the ball. They're going to be playing from behind. So yeah, it's, I'm totally fine with both those guys getting going to see the targets. And I ranked uh, St. Brown as my wide receiver 11. So yeah, I'm definitely treating him. If I knew he was fully healthy, though, I honestly would tr- would move him right up. I could go as high as five, especially in full yeah. PPR. He was seeing the targets like a truly elite version. So if he's healthy, you, yeah, not only are you starting him each week, but he might he's as, could be as good as like a top five type PPR guy. He had that much upside. Yeah, I cranked him up to wide receiver four because I'm pretty confident in the health. Love and it. I think love he's it. just going to catch a ton of passes this week. Look uh, at like you. Look at you. Far more aggressive than me. I love it. I, I, <laughs> I know. Okay. What is that? I mean, come on. I got I to gotta heat check myself on this one. All right. This is a situation to monitor here. Jalen Waddell, according to Mike McDaniel, has said he's optimistic that Jalen Waddell will play in week seven against the Steelers. Waddle's battling a groin injury. He's battling shoulder injuries. McDaniels doesn't expect him to practice much early in the week ahead of uh, Miami Sunday night game against the Steelers. But if you look at the target distribution for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it's actually not really close. Like it's mostly been the Tyreek Hill show. Waddle has been making more big plays. You know, he's big, making a ton of big plays like in the receiving game uh, through the air and also after the catch. Like, I think he's averaging over seven yards after the catch per reception, Like, which, by the way, is what Mike McDaniel was excited about when he got to this team was uh, Jalen Waddle's run-after-catch ability. Uh, but I think part of the target distribution, and this is not looking like a – you know, if you look at Philadelphia, that looks like a 1A and a 1B from a talent perspective and also a usage perspective between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. In Miami, it's looking like a clear one and a clear two, but I'm also like kind of asking myself how much of that has to do with the health of Jalen Waddle, and might this be something that we need to monitor you know, right now and maybe even like for as long as he continues to play through injuries? Yeah, and he was battling a leg injury throughout the preseason too, and he missed a, a good portion. They, they insisted he'd be ready. Obviously, he suffered that college injury as well. So a uh, great player, but the target distribution has definitely surprised me. Uh, this last week was just the second time all year he had eclipsed six targets in a game. Hill is just absolutely dominating. Worth noting, the Steelers have allowed the most fantasy points to receivers this year. Obviously, yeah. been dealing with a ton of injuries and Watt. Uh, I believe last week was a first game that they won without TJ Watt they were 0 and 8 um but um the defense definitely struggles without him and uh the key here is who's playing quarterback for Miami Tua uh it looks like it's going to be t- hopefully Tua and he's yeah. uh, uh probably a nice upgrade over Skylar Thompson's of the world and I don't know it was very weird I'm still unclear why McDaniel started Thompson over Bridgewater was it just maybe because they didn't want to risk him not getting cleared on a Saturday in the practice I'm not sure what happened there do you have do you have an explanation it sounds like from what I've read found the situation that McDaniel does not want to start a quarterback unless he can get through the entire week of practice. Like he doesn't want to, okay. especially a backup, right? Like maybe if it was Tua, Tua like, you know, is limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday or, or doesn't participate Wednesday, Thursday. You know, that's one thing. But like if you're trying to ramp your backup up, that seems like it's been the most likely explanation was that like Skylar Thompson was fully healthy. He wasn't limited in any way. Bridgewater was limited coming out of the concussion protocol, stuff like that. Um, so I think that's probably the explanation and it's nothing more like nefarious or weirder than, than that. And it's just like a, a, a coaching quirk, like McDaniel it wanted his guy to, yeah, okay. it makes, it makes sense. But right now, none of us are, you know, kind of adjusting for this, uh, from a rankings perspective, you've got him at wide receiver eight. I've got him at wide receiver nine, Jalen Waddle, but I could see, myself moving him down a little bit um you know not into like must bench territory even if he plays but a little more riskier like potentially boom bust wide receiver too because you're right the matchup is there the Steelers have been getting ripped especially by deep passes your guy Gabe Davis really took him uh, to the woodshed obviously in that matchup earlier this season but 
Waddle could get home with one or two plays, but also I wouldn't be surprised because he's, you know, it's kind of like a, like I said, very boom bust wide receiver two type of thing for him. Yeah, Hill's my Tyreek Hill's my number one receiver this week uh, with it, a banged yeah. up Waddle, and also me too. Same. Uh, I'm I'm like I'm like I'm ranking like Dalton now. I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> go like balls to the wall here. You know, scoring's down across the league, and also this week specifically, four yes. of the five highest scoring fantasy players are on by, including two receivers, Diggs and Cup. So that's why we're talking. Yeah, uh, when you're saying these ranks, I'm looking at it, yeah. Well, we're missing some some potent players here, so that's why. Um, we're bumping uh, bumping up guys like that. But yeah, great to see the, these guys getting the target distribution. Very, very narrow. Hopefully they get healthy and actually play a full football game without their quarterback leaving mid-game, which happened already three times. I'm so surprised Miami didn't cover last week. The public was all over. The Vikings seemed like a sucker bet. They were playing with 40 degree. The differences on sidelines was 40 degrees difference, uh, the sun. Uh, but the Vikings still, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes it pays off to be square. They, they did cover. But I like Waddle if he's healthy and, and, and Hill Sunday night against this matchup again. Pittsburgh has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing wideouts this year. Pretty hilarious, man. Um, like what they do between the two sidelines there. All right, next thing up here, Ravens signed wide receiver Deshaun Jackson to their practice squad. I talked a little bit about this with Andy on Monday when we you know, got the report that he was going to work out uh, with the Ravens. Makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is definitely in like the mercenary part of his career. This makes like sense to come to this team. I, I tell you what, Dalton, like, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's not going to have a ton of fantasy value, right? But he does change the way I think even still there were, he had moments with the Raiders last year after he got booted by even had, had a couple moments with the Rams before he got booted there. Um, I think he helps his team and my God, dude, like Devin Duvernay is a nice player, but uh, like the Demarcus Robinson, you know, Tylen Wallace, like contingent in their receiver core, it's just giving him nothing. Okay, so, you know, Deshaun Jackson's interesting. They really need to get Rashad Bateman back. Uh, this stat from Rich Rebar, I think, is really interesting. Lamar Jackson against the Blitz in weeks one through three, 83.3% completion percentage, 12 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Last three weeks with, you know, an injured and then absent Rashad Bateman, 50% completion rate, 4.8 yards per attempt, two TDs, two interceptions. So I, I think the passing game has really, really missed a second threat beyond Mandrews. Um, Jackson can help. And then if you're looking at like when Bateman's back, they've got Jackson, Duvernay's doing his thing, and they've got Mandrews there. Now that's kind of starting to look pretty good for the Ravens. Nice bounce back spot this week, too, against the Browns defense, allowing the second most EPA per play. Bateman is key. There's been career is splits without with, El, with Jackson, obviously missing Hollywood Brown as well. It's not been good without him off the with him off the field. And their running backs are all banged up as well. So hopefully Bateman returns healthy and Jackson, while not a fantasy guy right away at his at his age. Um, definitely can help real life for sure. Taking the top off uh, the defense like that. So uh, absolutely a, a player that could help more, more of the NFL than, than fantasy, but um, something to pay attention to. And who knows, uh, maybe he still has enough, uh, enough in him to, to make a, obviously it's too late for best ballers, but um, yeah. how old is Deshaun Jackson at this, this stage? I, I know last time when he's healthy, it seemed to me like he was still making an impact, even if it was drawing flags or, or, or defensive attention. He turns 36 on December 1st this year. Um, it feels like he's been playing forever. Yeah, it, it's insane. Like Deshaun Jackson been in our lives for a long time and he's still like I said, this is what he's if he keeps playing like there was the headline a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, yeah, I, I could still like I still want to play. And yeah, you could go just go and be like a, a mercenary, basically come in, you know, right around now, mid-October and, and do this for a contender like for three more years, it feels like because he's still got like 90 percent. Deshaun Jackson's still faster than a lot of guys out there, and teams still respect him from uh, 
from a from a coverage standpoint. So yeah, I'm a little surprised Isaiah Isaiah likely hasn't stepped up with you know a big game mm-hmm. here or there given all the other injuries. But he's a guy stashing deeper leagues, and I do I expect him to. He'll probably have an eruption game one of these weeks too. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. All right, next up here, this is from Jordan Rodriguez. She says, based on Kyron Williams' reps with the first-team offense and joint practices against the Cincinnati Bengals this summer, then Sean McVay's effusive praise following those reps, I think Williams figures to have a big role when he's back. Williams has obviously been on IR since week one. We talked about this with Austin Eckler and The Miz uh, on the last episode of this very podcast. I think Williams is, you know, if you could stash, like you could stash him on IR. You you 100% should be doing that. But man, yeah, like he looks like a guy. I don't I don't know much about Kyron Williams. I think he's an interesting player. I think he's it was a pretty decent college player. I know Andy Barron's has lauded his pass protection abilities. And my God, the Rams could certainly use a back that can pass protect. Um, You know, like they have Malcolm Brown there, who's like a longtime team guy. He's been there before. I feel like Kyron Williams could potentially figure into this mix because as I said yesterday on the show, I think he was going to run ahead of Cam Akers this year, at least the early part of the season, if he hadn't suffered this injury in week one. Yeah, it appeared they had plans for him, and he suffered it on that special team's the very first kickoff, I believe. And now Akers is gone. And so you absolutely need to add add Williams. I mean, on the, on the flip side, though, I don't know how much fantasy value there can be sucks, out of yeah. this backfield. It's so, so bad. I mean, at home is double-digit favorites against the Panthers. It resulted in Henderson getting 12 carries for 43 yards, you know, two catches. It's yeah. just... You know, so but maybe Williams is the better player and he emerges as the, as the lone back there and their schedule eases up. So he definitely should be stashed in competitive leagues. But just this upside is just so, so different than when Todd Gurley was ripping off 54 touchdowns over a three year stretch. I mean, shoot, it's even different than like when Cam Akers was crushing it in his rookie year, when Daryl Henderson was crushing it in the early part of that year. It's just I think this offense can get slightly better you know as Allen Robinson gels they're gonna get Van Jefferson back they just lost their left tackle note I know for the year yeah too. I mean it's, it's just it's cursed. dysfunctional you could I could go the opposite way and tell you uh what if cup got hurt then it suddenly the worst offense in the entire NFL I mean uh, it's cl- yeah. I don't know I mean we knew about the Super Bowl hangover how hurt was Stafford playing with his with this uh with this elbow I don't know and then the acre situation so weird I don't know there's just weird, a lot of weird. weird vibes going on in LA there I mean, they had to do it. They had to do a, you know, a silent count at home the other day too. It's a, I don't know. It's not ideal, but they got their Super Bowl rings, so I, yeah, <laughs> it's all that matters. And um, yeah, it, it just, they just need to go like all out to try to fix this offensive line next year. However, they yeah. however they can, uh, pretty much just try to get back on track. So, uh, but yeah, I do think Kyron Williams makes for a good stash, and you know, we just know that Daryl Henderson is a guy that can play well in, in certain little chapters and certain buckets of the season, but absolutely loses his job at some point just by injury or one way or another. It always happens. Yep. Last thing here, Sammy Watkins has been designated to return from IR. His 21 day practice window is open. Dalton's uh, squinting over there on the other side <laughs> of the zoom. He's like, why the hell did Harmon put a Sammy Watkins <laughs> note on this outline? Um, I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to help this offense, but it does make like, uh, he might just walk out there and be a starter because, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting sick of Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting sick of all the other guys out there. This offense in Green Bay stinks, man. It's really, really bad. Yeah, Randall Cobb, number one receiver, he's out for a while. And Big, Big Bob Tunyon's getting a dozen targets. So I guess I shouldn't just scoff at the notion of, of Watkins stepping in and, and immediately making an impact because this this offense does have an op- opportunities. Uh, it has issues. Uh, 
Both running backs have been fantasy disappointments. Aaron Rodgers is uh, struggling. Yeah. Sammy Watkins, if you're in a really deep, deep league, but uh, unfortunately, we're already past week one. But um, yeah, I guess at this point, uh, any receiver with the pulse needs to be paid attention to there. But it's uh, definitely not going as planned in Green Bay, uh, just like in, in L.A., you know, two teams that have been uh, some of the conference's best over the last few seasons. Yeah, I mean, Lazard still still performing pretty well. I feel like Lazard is kind of on that every week wide receiver three borderline there for like a guy that you're probably breaking ties in favor of playing. But I mean, Sammy Watkins could catch those like um, the angsty uh, performative deep throws that Rogers like, you know, if another team has a good drive against the first first thing he's going to do is come out there and rocket a deep throw to some dude who's not open. So um, Sammy Watkins not really getting open at this point in his career either. Sammy Watkins like. Just a little, t- little tangent here. You know, I'm, I'm like charting Romeo Dobbs from earlier in the season, stuff like that. I'm like, is that Sammy Watkins over there? Like, Sammy Watkins looking, looking a little thicker this year than maybe uh, maybe <laughs> in years past. But anyways, nevertheless, we'll move on from that. Uh, let's get to our stats here. Uh, total team scoring, Dalton, is down this year. You mentioned it earlier. 23 points per game overall for the NFL on a team-by-team basis. In uh, 2021, this year, we're down to 21.6 points per game. Graham Barfield pointed out, I read this stat off to Austin Eckler yesterday, the unders have hit in 60.6% of games so far this year. I think the biggest thing is that league-wide passing uh, is has not been efficient this year. So far this year, Dalton, 88.7 passer rating league-wide average, 4% touchdown rate, 6.8 adjusted yards per attempt last year. 90.8 passer rating was the league average 4.5% touchdown rate 0.5% for a touchdown rate does make a big difference and 6.9 adjusted yards per attempt. So I don't know, kind of want to have a conversation about this because I think it's, there's been a trickle down to almost all fantasy positions. We're definitely feeling at the quarterback position as Scott and I talked about on the recap podcast. We are, I don't know. We're seeing a very different NFL this year than in years past. I don't have an explanation at all. I I mean, there's always injuries. It doesn't feel like it's overly excessive. And by the way, it's only going to get colder weather. I mean, you'd think that would affect the the offense adversely further moving forward. So I don't have an explanation. I've been thinking about it. I I, people say there are a lot more cover twos. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd love to hear yours, Harmon, because this is odd and obviously di- discouraging for fantasy managers. I mean, we want to see more points, but um, yeah, it's been under. And like I said, this week, we're dealing with a ton of buys with the best fantasy players, too. So expect another another low scoring one. But watching that Chiefs Bills game last week, you know, it's like, oh, why? Why was it so obvious? You know, Romo's like, this is going to be more of a 24-20 game. You know, that Bills defense is pretty good. And that offense without Tyreek Hill, it was like, yeah, of course, this this makes sense. This game is going to be like this. So I, I there's a couple teams, uh, Seattle emerging, that's more of a carnival, as we like to say, with a bad defense and, and a good offense. Uh, but man, for the most part, it's just been ugly and, and low scoring throughout the league. And like I said, I have no reasoning behind it. Do you have any? Do you have one for me? I think defenses have caught up to a certain degree. Um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think whether it's like a long term problem or just a this year problem. Uh, I think defenses are, you know, you mentioned the, the cover two stuff like. That was something Austin and I talked about yesterday was that, you know, you could feel in that game against Denver, like they were not going to give them anything downfield. And they weren't necessarily playing a lot of cover two. They were playing a lot more like, you know, they're playing a lot of like cover three overall. Um, They're playing a lot more zone coverage, you know, that three deep look like you're not, you're again, you're not getting anything downfield there. And then on third down, they went to a lot of like cover six looks. So, you know, which is 
quarters on one side of the field and, and you know, whatever. Anyways, don't want to get too into the weeds here, but I do think defensively there's been a, a league wide response to the way teams have played offense from probably about, I, I don't know, 2016, 2017 to, to really 2020 or 2021. And now we're seeing sort of like, the snapback of that, right? Like we're, we're seeing the response from the defensive side of the football. And I wonder if maybe we're going to start to transition to a different offensive side of the, like offensive sort of, um, you know, response to that as well, because most teams in the NFL, you know, it, the whole snapback of like, Oh, LaShawn McVay comes to the Rams and, uh, you know, he, he, he crushes it over there is that then most of these teams hired like a bunch of Sean McVay cronies, like Shanahan cronies and stuff like that, to the point that now um, defenses are trying to figure out a way to how to stop that offense and the easy buttons that quarterbacks would get in those systems. So uh, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out live on air with you right now. And it just in general, I don't know the answer. And I don't know if this is a, a, a constant or just a blip on the radar, but it is something that I think is affecting fantasy players at every level at the quarterback position at the wide receiver position like how many sure bets do you feel are out there right now not very many I mean we're talking about Jalen Waddles a guy earlier this year that was an every week start now it's like well the volume isn't really there I don't know so there's a lot of there's a lot of changes right now in the fantasy it's analytic it's analytics fault for going forward on a more uh too many fourth down decisions (laughs) In, in all seriousness I love how analytics has just become getting blamed for every coaching decision there is now if it's uh if it's non uh you know traditional but um yeah hopefully it's just a blip on the radar and teams don't go back to establishing the run but we could be headed that where it's just cyclical and then and maybe this generation is going to be become more more run heavy but um yeah hopefully it's just a blip in the radar for us fantasy nerds and we get some more passing and more points on the board but it's definitely been a notable enough size to be like what's going on here yeah I think also like if you don't want to think about it as a league-wide thing like sort of how I just did which is fine I, I, don't, I don't think that the answer could not could be something else right it could just be a small sample size this is only the first six weeks of the season and then I would suggest that okay quarterback play has not been good this year and maybe that is the answer like the individual uh quarterback position you know because we have had Lamar Jackson sort of start and slip a little bit without Rashad Bateman we just talked by the way I just got a note that Rashad Bateman uh did return to practice today here on Wednesday. So that's good news. Hopefully they can get him back against the Browns. Um, but, you know, Jackson slipped a little bit. So really the only guys from like minute one to the end so far this year, it's been like Mahomes. We'll talk about him in a second. You know, some some more micro stuff with him and Josh Allen, like and obviously Jalen Hurts have played extremely well the the entire season. But who what other quarterback could you say has played extremely well throughout the entire season? You know, Dak's been hurt. Joe Burrow has struggled to respond to the way defenses are playing him. Kyler Murray's been terrible in Arizona for whatever reason. You know, Herbert has obviously been injured and, and, you know, is, I think, really struggling right now to deal with the receivers that he's playing with. You know, beyond Mike Williams, like, these guys are not very good. So, I don't know, man. I I think that the the lack of passing, you know, Russ has fallen off. Aaron Rodgers has fallen off. Brady has, you know, struggled with his environment there. uh, The curse, the witchcraft is obviously at an even full effect in Tampa Bay. So, I don't know. My my thing there is just, like, we don't have a lot of quarterbacks stepping up to fill the void beyond the top four or five guys. Yeah, we lost another superstar in Trey Lance early to injury as well. Correct, that yeah. The quarterback position. Uh, I was going to say, did Tom Brady and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers both just get old uh, at once? 
Um, and I don't know, I'm done defending my guy, Russell Wilson. I went on FFL and hyped his uh, matchup Monday night. And I believe his uh, his second half was three for 11 for 15 yards. I'm not sure yep. if that's real, but that's the stats that I that I saw. But I mean, that is uh, ugly, ugly stuff there. And now he's got a, a messed up hamstring too. Um, oh, love the Broncos giving just two points this week. Because who in the world would back them at this point? Buy low on the Broncos against the Jets. But um. Yeah, I don't man. have that is the answer is the quarterbacks are not playing well. Maybe it is as simple Occam's razor as that. Mahomes lost Terry Kill. Um, yeah, and these these injuries, yeah, Justin Herbert's playing with damage rib cartilage. Um, I don't really have an explanation for Burrow, but um, yeah, the quarterbacks are struggling. It's as simple. I mean, that is that's where it all comes back to down to. I mean, that is that is probably the best uh the best answer to it is the quarterbacks are underperforming uh by a by a wide margin uh, compared to expectations. One of my guys in Discord, shout out to shout out to Ted if he's listening. Um, he needed like one point five points from Russell Wilson oh. in in a, a, at the end of that game to win to win his fantasy matchup. Sent the screenshot line like eighty eight point six four. The other team eighty seven point six two. He had like I said one and a half points. Would not even point five. Just anything more than one would would have done the trick. You know one point three. What, whatever that would have done the trick for Russell Wilson in uh, they go to overtime like oh buddy you still got a chance nothing unbelievable unbelievable the Denver Broncos so yeah um, I think this is just something we're going to have to monitor throughout the entire season um, and hopefully Dalton we can update this in three weeks and maybe these quarterbacks have stepped it up uh, but I do sort of wonder in the back of my mind if this is sort of a changing of the guard league-wide and, and then we have to adjust the way we the way we play fantasy because of it. It's frustrating though. Trevor Lawrence has taken a step back last couple of games. Justin Fields, people are like, oh, you know, really questioning his future. Um, obviously, Lance went down and and Mac Jones went down. I mean, this is the year these guys uh, they're hiding Zach Wilson. They're winning, you know, in spite yeah. despite him really. I mean, uh, so it this is year also the young guys not taking the step forward at all either. So come on, man, this is the most exciting and most important position. So it's uh yeah. That's, I think that's a you, you game up with a pretty, uh, pretty reasonable answer, I'll, I'll say. Yeah. And just last thing on this before we move on, I know that some of these guys injury stuff like that, but I'm just looking at like the wide receiver um, just overall scoring. You know, you get to like Amari Cooper. at I mean, even Debo Samuel at wide receiver 10. We'll talk about them on the other side of the ad break. Like Debo has not been a super consistent player like from the, for the entire season, you know, especially if you take away the, the rushing stats. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 11, not been a super consistent player throughout the entire. Christian Kirk had like two absolutely dud games, gets in the box at the end of the game against the Colts last week. Like, I think the I always tell people like you got to ride the wave at the wide receiver position. You know, if you're complaining about guys giving you dud weeks like Mike Williams, wide receiver 17, we know he's had like huge highs and lows. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, has had huge highs and lows. He's wide receiver 18. Our, my guy, Mike Evans at 19, some highs and lows there. Your guy, Gabe Davis at wide receiver 14, some big highs and lows there. That might be the way wide receivers go going forward unless we see a change in the overall passing Um in the passing portfolio the rest of this year and maybe even into future years. So um, we love our wide receivers. I love my wide receivers more than anybody. Volatility is just the name of the game at this position. And if things don't change, you know, that that's definitely going to be the case going forward. 
Uh, does it make Amari Cooper the most valuable DFS uh, receiver? I believe he's been top 15 in four home games and like not top 100 receiver in the two road games. And this dates back to his Dallas dates. I thought that had to do with playing indoors, but maybe not. I'm only halfway joking here. It doesn't really feel he like only, it's, it's he loves. He has but, to sleep in his bed. He has yeah, to sleep I mean, in his bed for whatever whatever <laughs> mattress company you know Amari Cooper is working with over there. I need to get a sponsorship deal right away. But he remains as volatile as of, of any receiver, just the most predictable of when the big spikes and, and the busts happen, so far at least. But you're right. I mean, it's, that's not anything new, though. Receivers have always been this way. We're just more hyper paying attention in, in, in this world. And we expect, we, we, you know, we, we want more consistency you know, in, DFS, in, in the DFS ages. Yeah, you don't have to tell me uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, let's take a quick break, Dalton. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about your 49ers. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, we're back. Can't have Dalton on a stat nerd show and not have a, a Niners segment. 49ers target share the last two weeks. 26.8% for Debo Samuel. 22.5% for George Kittle. 21.1% for our guy Brandon Ayuk, who is the yardage and air yards per target leader in the two-game stretch here. I want to talk about these Niners receivers because the target share, the target distribution is there. And then last week against the Falcons in a surprising loss, which I'm sure you were just so thrilled about, the the raw targets, the raw volume is there. And my question to you, Dalton, if this team continues to sustain and suffer injuries on their defense, and you know it sucks because that defense was like the most one of the most fun units to watch in the entire NFL. If that unit suffers more injuries and there's there's more problems there. Can we bank on um, more passing volume for these guys because they're not going to be able to just like run the ball and hide behind their defense? I wasn't shocked they dropped that game, although they typically play better the second half of those uh, kind of a mini, mini camp of those two East Coast games. But so many injuries there. Niners just remain hilarious. I mean, they, they play twice as many road games this season and have outgained every opponent. This year, every single game they've outgained their opponent and that they're three Amazing. and three and people consider them just, you know, another run of the mill uh, NFC team. And it might be if they don't get healthy because that defense was dramatically different last week. By the way, Ray Ray McLeod and Charlie Warner dropped two passes that would have gone for 150 yards combined and two touchdowns. And they were just so, so easy, just horribly changing the complexion. Like, man, Jeff, <laughs> maybe don't throw to Ray Ray McLeod and Charlie Warner. Charlie Weasley, there, whoever the hell that is. I don't even know who that there is. There are people criticizing Shanahan for that exact thing. Yeah, you would be the play caller, but you have to have the right players to execute it. And that's exactly <laughs> a very decent point. Jeff Wilson lost a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. But um, I think that was more of a defense devastated indoors. The the defensive touchdown the other way really resulted in in a perfect uh, you know uh, outcome for fantasy managers. Typically, this Niners team is going to want to win with defense and just run the ball like crazy. They're top three in, or bottom three in pass rate over expectation i believe um this week could be different though forced to you know as underdogs at home against the chiefs this is another one for possibly jimmy g samuel Ayuk, and kittle but moving forward i think their game plan is going to remain very boring mm, i want to hope man 
You know, I just I really, really want to hope with all these those guys. injuries may force it no matter what they want to do. So that's definitely possible. That, They've suffered a yeah. ton of injuries for yet another year in a row. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that if the defense does take a step back because of the injuries that we might see a different type of game plan. And my God, these guys are so good, right? Um, you know, Ayuk has uh, 320 yards on the season. Debo Samuels, our pure receiver, has 345 yards on the season. Like that gap, ha- it, despite the fact the target gap is there, like, I don't know, man. These guys are like Ayuk is playing well. Kittle has looked a little bit better since coming back from injury. Like a guy can hope. Dalton basically yeah. is, is where I'm at. One final stat there: Debo Samuel forced nine missed tackles uh, receiving last week. No other wide receiver has has forced that many this season, other than Cooper Cup. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. What a what a crazy player. All right, let's move on. We could we know we could talk Niners forever here. Uh, Kenyon Drake. 35.7% rushing success rate the last two weeks. That's the second best in the NFL. Dalton, I'm curious about this Ravens team overall. We've got a lot of injury questions, like I mentioned just a few moments ago, like Rashad Bateman back at practice. Um, Kenyon Drake sort of taking a step ahead of J.K. Dobbins, whose knee tightened up, you know, and that, by the way, can just happen at any moment. Uh, we had a big talk about Kenyon Drake uh, with The Miz and Eckler yesterday, but I don't know. Kenny Drake's is kind of a weird player. Like he has these big games and then he'd like totally disappear. Very strange player. Gus Edwards potentially coming back for this team as well. Um, where do you stand right now on the Ravens backfield? Uh, because I know the Kenny Drake thing is like a, ta- a, a popular talking point this week. Yeah, I don't have a take on this at all to see how the injuries shake out. I mean, I was not in on Drake's big performance last week, but if Dobbins and Justice Hill are both down, um, obviously Drake becomes startable if he has this backfield to himself but this is just a wait and see approach um, it's it's very frustrating um it's just rotating and now gus edwards may be back in the mix too so i'm not overly excited what drake has done the last couple of weeks but this is talking from someone who you you know has been burned by drake many many times <laughs> that's true you have a uh, quite a history with kenny drake there so hate uh, the drake we shall see. you yeah you hate the drake that's for sure uh, all right next up here ken walker 70 percent of the team carries in week six how high is too high for Ken Walker going forward? Because man, that guy, um, he he just looks inc- he looks incredible out there. Um, I I can't remember who said it, but somebody put in my Discord uh, this morning that Ken Walker's new nickname is Semi Chub because he's like the, he looks like Junior Nick Chubb and also doesn't get any receiving work. So love that stuff. Yeah. That does man, Kenneth Walker. He did look at. Don't forget last week that that Cardinals defense allowed the second fewest EPA per rush. He just totally took over that backfield. I think he even out targeted DJ Dallas. This week they get a. The Chargers had allowed the most fantasy points to opposing running back before facing Denver's league worst uh, rushing offense. So yeah, the Chargers are the highest in pace in neutral situations too. So love this matchup, which is the highest total of the week. I ranked Walker. I think my RB eight. Um, he leads the NFL in avoided tackle rate. Um, yeah, he looks like an RB1 moving forward as the, the the main feature guy in a Seattle offense that's what they're getting the second most yards per play on offense and allowing the third most on defense. It's a pretty good fantasy situation, even if he's not getting the targets we would like. Do you have any concern that, you know, Gino had his like slowest or least efficient game of the season against such a bad pass defense in Arizona? The more I delved into that matchup, it sounded like the the blitz heaviness was a kind of a bad matchup for him. But yeah, anytime you see a guy playing by far his career best football for six weeks and you see him, you know, revert back, regress, it's like, yeah, what can we expect moving forward for sure? But that was very disappointing. He figured one of Tyler Lockett or Metcalf would have gone off last week and neither did. So yeah, I mean, it's something of a concern, I guess, but uh, given his track record, but man, Kenneth Walker looks uh, looks really, really good. 
yeah, I <laughs> Kenneth Walker, man, like might be a top 10 running back rest of the season. Um, yeah, I got to keep like looking at my like Aaron Jones. Obviously, I've, I've tilted about Aaron Jones a lot this year. I think I'd still rather have Aaron Jones than a guy like Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall or Damian Pierce. Or do you think I'm being too slow to adjust there? Um, sorry, say that, say that one again. Who you compare him to? Uh, I, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, the the rookies, basically. Oh yeah, man. I think they're right there together for sure. Oh God, Hall looks so, those guys look so good, man. So impressive. And you want the fresh legs. It's a running back position. P&L came out with a article before pointing it out. And boy, this is a good example. Yeah. I, I rank all three very closely, just depending on the given matchup that week. Yeah. And with Aaron Jones, man, he looks great. His rushing efficiency is great. They're just like not giving him the ball enough especially as a receiver so yeah I'm 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 tilting about the Aaron Jones thing obviously but we just need him to score touchdowns we need the Packers offense to be better which is not going to happen so uh, alas those, yeah those his career target rate it was just so so much significantly higher without Adams and we just haven't quite seen that as expected I just thought he'd just get peppered with the targets more yeah, it's disappointing. All right, last thing before we preview Thursday Night Football. The Chiefs are the only team in the NFL with a neutral pass rate over 60%. They're kind of first by a lot at 65.2%. The The second place team is just below 59%. I believe it's Buffalo. Kansas City, also uh, Patrick Mahomes has faced the most dropbacks versus man coverage this year, also by a lot at 107. Um, teams have really adjusted how they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs are playing so much more man coverage where last year they were a very they I think Mahomes might have been number one in dropbacks against zone coverage last year obviously some of that has to do with Tyree Kill's absence but you know I bring this up for um a couple of reasons number one we had we saw Juju have a big game against a team that's usually pretty zone heavy in Buffalo but also their man coverage rate jumped I saw Mina Kimes post about that from like 25 percent to over 50 percent against the Kansas City Chiefs and I've always said this with Juju, that he is a zone-beating receiver only. He doesn't beat press man coverage at all. MVS also doesn't beat man coverage. So that could be why these receivers have struggled from you know the jump. Like I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts about the Kansas City receivers, especially Juju, who, you know, this could be like a moment to sell high. He only had five targets, but had a big game. And, you know, I don't know. But at the same time, I think like he has to sort of be part of their solution. And I'm just not sure that like MVS is ever going to be part of their solution. Looks like the Niners are basically tied for the fifth most zone uh, defensive coverage this year for what it's worth. Yeah, Mahomes is just so, so good and working about trying to integrate these new receivers uh, and an aging Kelsey man. He's made Kelsey just look so, so good, uh, just like he's still in his prime. But um, he's got a tough matchup if the 49ers are healthy this week, but he might benefit from the ton of injuries and get it done. But yeah, I don't know that that receiving core Juju did have the big fantasy game. I would maybe try to parlay that and do a trade. I don't know. He has not been as expected. And if people see that big game and expect that to be the sign of things have come, maybe it was a slower start in the new system. I would try to parlay that and to see a possible possible trade. I think they're going to trade off bigger bigger outings these receivers mvs you know he had a touchdown called back last week and sky Moore is going to be more and more involved over the second half of the year as well yeah sky Moore is a guy that i wanted to highlight as well because i'm a huge fan of his and i just think he's the clear cut like if we're talking about a, a team like a, a rookie wide receiver that's going to do nothing in the first half of the year and make a huge impact in the second half of the year very much like i'm on ross st brownish i think I think Sky Moore has to be that guy, right? Like that that's at least my read on the situation cuz I'm such a big fan of his. Um and, and the playing time for Sky Moore is up a little bit, um for sure and 
you just look at like targets per route run. He's up there at 22%. Uh, when he's been on the field, they have gone, uh, they have gone his way, you know, 28.4% routes per team drop back, uh, the last two weeks uh, and McCole Hardman's down there at 45.3%. You know, I could see, and McCole Hardman, weirdly enough, has played more in the slot than Juju this year. Juju is like a 38.6% slot player. Um, Sky Moore has been a 47.6% slot player when he's been out there. McCole Hardman, 58.5% slot player the last two weeks at least. So I wonder if Sky Moore is going to be their slot, if Juju can be their slot, but it does seem like McCole Hardman's the guy they're going to start to kind of minimalize, and then they're going to play Sky Moore more. I, you know, it's funny. I don't know why people are all up in arms about, like, oh, Sky Moore's not playing bad sign, bad sign. It's like they paid, even if you don't agree with the contracts, they paid big money for MVS. They paid big money for Juju to, uh, reasonable money for Juju to come in there. It's no surprise, like, veteran deference has been the name of the game through the first couple weeks here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, injuries will strike. Uh, that was a season high in routes run last week for the rookie Moore. And yeah, McCole Hardman ain't it. So uh, it might even look obvious in hindsight once Moore does emerge in the second half. Yeah, because it's just kind of there for the taking. That wide receiver group is weak. The team passing a ton. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kelsey, you know, getting up there in age. Uh, they can't they, don't know, they can't run the ball. So yeah, I think it's really right there. And it could be uh, Sky Moore is the obvious answer is like a difference maker that's just sitting out there in a ton of waiver wires. I think he's their best man coverage beating receiver uh, when he gets in there. Like like I said, Juju Smith-Schuster, never been a man beater. MVS, not a consistent man beater. I mean, maybe down the field, maybe on nine routes, but even then, not really. Uh, yeah, so give me Sky Moore as a guy who makes a big impact the rest of the way. We's we'll see. Hopefully, Ro- I mean, my guy. Rostered in 9% of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, rostered in 100% of my dynasty league. So I'm definitely <laughs> hoping that Sky Moore has that uh, big game the re- at some point and we can buy in the rest of the season. All right. Let's talk about Thursday Night Football here, Dalton. We got Saints at Cardinals. Weird game, man, because of all the injuries on both sides. Yeah, a ton of injuries um, for sure. It's frankly, yeah, there's going to be more clarity by the time this airs. But um, who's starting at quarterback for the Saints? Uh, Kyler Murray, they've just got to such slow starts. Just kind of a disaster. Uh, Alvin Kamara, where are the touchdowns? All the touches, they've got to be coming. But um, yeah, even the backfield situation in Arizona is unclear. My guy, you know, Benjamin definitely got the touches, but it did not result in a very good fantasy game. Uh, when he took over the backfield last week. Do you have any thoughts here? I like Alave. Um, what, what's your angle here, Harmon? I mean, Alvin Kamara still doesn't have a goal line touch this year, wow. which is crazy because, like, Mark Ingram's got him. You know, even Latavius Murray, who's currently playing for the Denver Broncos, he's got him. And obviously, wow. Taysom Hill has been a goal line uh, site. No, he had there. only had one carry inside the five, Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah, last that's, week. True. that's true. Yeah, well, yeah. that's one more than Alvin Kamara. That's fair. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah no, it, it's weird. But this game just very strange to me because there's so much change, too, you know, on the on the Cardinals side of it. You know, Benjamin's got an injury now as well, right? Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't even know what their running back situation is going to look like. We have no idea. And, and this passing offense without Marquise Brown, dude, I mean, obviously we get DeAndre Hopkins back. That's great. But Marquise Brown had been playing awesome. Like, I, I think people still underrate just how good of a receiver Marquise Brown is. Very good zone coverage, beating receiver, short, deep, and intermediate. Um, they'd really been kind of more using him sort of in the short and intermediate areas and really vertically down the field. I mean, the Cardinals haven't gotten anything down the field going. That's kind of my big question, too. Like, does DeAndre Hopkins coming back? You know, Hopkins last year wasn't a big volume receiver. He mostly lived on touchdowns. But how is Hopkins not just going to draw, like, 10 targets every single week in this passing offense? And are any of them going to come down the field? Because the offensive line hasn't played well. 
And they just put a starting guard, Justin Pugh, on IR. He's out for the season. Rodney Hudson's been dealing with injuries. Like, I, I don't know that. I mean, shoot, Robbie Anderson coming in and drawing coverage a- ain't going to save this offense. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe Hopkins can. Murray does have huge splits with him, with him on and off the field. But yeah, Hollywood Brown, obviously a big loss. He was just eating all the targets. Unfortunate too at the toward the end of that game when the when the, the game the outcome had already been decided yeah. too when he suffered the injury. Um, yeah, injuries on, on on both these teams. But Hopkins, you're definitely firing up immediately. Uh, I mean, remember he was suspended, not coming off an injury. So hopefully he plays all the snaps he can handle uh, immediately. And then on the other flip side, it looks like the only last man standing is Alave. Hopefully he gets cleared from his uh, concussion uh, missed Sounds last like he's week. But play. no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. It sounds like, or at least are highly questionable to play. Alave leads the NFL in air yards. Nice matchup indoors. Should see a ton of targets. Um, but yeah, we'll see who's throwing him the football even. So yeah, that, that remains unclear. Who's starting at quarterback for New Orleans. Yeah, a lot of stuff up in the air. Um, I think I think Chris Olave said he's going to play. I feel like Andy Dalton's probably the guy that's going to roll out there quarterback. They, they just have an injury to Andrews Pete now. I mean, you look at the entire Saints roster. Everybody is banged up. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore on the other side for DeAndre Hopkins. He missed last week's game. Like, uh, there's just so many injury questions for the Saints. We really have no idea. And I mean, yeah, the only guys we care about. You're playing Alvin Kamara. You're hopefully the hopefully the usage turns around. I mean, Ken Walker obviously just diced these guys up on the other side. And um, you know, I think that at some point Kamara is going to have a big game, right? 109 yards uh, from scrimmage per game this year. This should be the week. I feel like he makes a good sense as like your core single game DFS guy, uh, Alvin Kamara. Like at some point he's got to get in the end zone. This should be the week to do it. Yeah, you prefer Andy Dalton's start, but you're going with him uh, either way in this matchup and given all the injuries. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're using Kamara. And then, um, yeah, that's, uh, oh, I was going to say Taysom Hill, 21. 20, his salary is 21. Oh, five God. more than Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is just eating the targets. I think I have him as my third ranked uh, tight end this week. And, yeah, Hill, I get it. He blows up some of these games. And he, they kept him in the game plan last week too. But, man, his floor remains low as a guy who's, uh, you know, not get even get the carries he's getting aren't even at the goal line but he's he makes it work you know at times but Zach Ertz is the safer play especially five dollars cheaper oh for sure um definitely the safer play I mean Zach Ertz has been you do you think Zach Ertz like outlook changes at all with um with DeAndre Hopkins coming back or the fact they have no Marquise Brown now I think just it solidifies Ertz too yeah it might hurt a little bit but this team can't run the ball and he'll he'll just get a ton of targets so I mean yeah I mean a healthier Rondell Moore than Hopkins but Hollywood's out now so no I, I expect and uh, Trey McBride is he has he been like healthy scratch I thought he would be a problem the second half of the year but it looks like he's a ways away so they just cannot draft pass catchers so yeah Ertz is uh, they keep trying though they keep trying god bless them they keep trying man uh so many resources at pass catcher this team has spent and robbie anderson now (laughs) yeah robbie anderson so robbie anderson rondell moore um i don't think robbie anderson's gonna play a ton of this game i don't think you can i don't think he's like a guy that you should play this week maybe he roasts me for that but whatever point is i feel pretty good about rondell moore 95.5% 95.5% routes per drop back the last two weeks. He's gone after playing on the perimeter in his first game, which is not good. Um, you want him in the slot. 81.1% of his uh, snaps in the slot the last two weeks. I mean, he's gone, he's gone back to that like fake receiver, puny little air yards per target, 3.4 air yards per target. That stinks, but is what it is. Do you, would you rather have Rondo Moore or Robbie Anderson the rest of the season? 
Rondell Moore. Um, yeah, well, especially this week, Anderson, the short week. But no, still give me more. I think that they have, have they had plans for him whenever he is healthy the last couple of years. And it's not going to be um, downfield stuff. But uh, I, I had more confidence in more being already, you know, accustomed to that system than Anderson trying to pick it up midway through. This is going to be a weird game, man. I, I have no idea how this one's going to play out. Um, just so many injuries, like we said, so many just two strange teams so far this year, two disappointing teams so far this year. I have no, I have no idea how this one's going to go on Thursday. And a team, an Arizona team that's far worse at home too, weirdly. So yeah, it should be a, should be interesting. All right. Well, there it is. Dalton, anything else from you? No, no, not nothing for me. We'll talk more. I get to talk to you again. Right? We're doing some preview pod. So looking forward to that. That's right. Yeah. Let's save the good stuff for uh, with exactly. Andy tomorrow. Yeah yeah. 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 Let's save the good stuff. All right. That's going to do it for us. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. If you don't already, if you don't already, what the hell are you doing with your life? You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make yourself a better fantasy player and improve your timeline by following at Yahoo Fantasy. You will not regret it. Dalton, as he said, is going to be back tomorrow as well. Will Andy Barons to help preview the week seven games. Until then, we're out.